Welcome to Last Believer, a podcast about good riddance. Each week, myself, Josh Lindley, he, him, and Dan Forcier, also he, him, take a treehouse of horror approach to talking about the works of Santa Cruz punk band Good Riddance. This week, we're going into 2006's Up to You from My Republic, 1996's Weight of the World from A Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion, and 1990's I Don't Care from the Santa Cruz Hardcore Tape. Dan, are you excited? And if other people are excited, how do they let us know they're excited? Oh, I am elated right now. If other people are excited or they have any questions or concerns or want to uh, berate us on how it took us about 50 episodes to make the Treehouse of Horror connection, I am beside myself right now. Anyways, they can uh, jump on Instagram, give us a follow at Last Believer Pod, slide in those DMs, interact with those posts and photos and all that fun stuff. Or if uh, something more long form or you don't use the gram, no harm, no foul, shoot us an email, lastbeliverpod at gmail.com. And uh, while you're looking around online, we've been building out a playlist so that you have some idea of what the hell it is we're talking about each week, whether it's the three songs by Good Riddance or just other bands and artists that we reference throughout. So that's available on both Spotify and Apple Music. I think Dan has them mostly up to date. Dan, do you? Apple Music is... uh... I was looking at it yesterday being like, oh, I need to update this. It's like an episode or two behind. But that said, at this time of recording, we're recording this like an episode or two ahead. So it's not really that behind. It'll be it'll be fixed by the time people hear this. I love that. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I texted you being like, oh, I'm feeling a little lethargic, a little low energy because I just ate a roti. But I'll. Uh, shotgun a beer and get my energy back up and you're like that's cool i have two broken ribs potentially yep. yeah i do and my response was like what the fuck wait don't answer save it for the pod yeah so yeah. <laughs> i ride my bike year round if i can help it like unless right. there is unless there is more than a quarter inch of snow on the ground i'll be riding my bike and the other night i was leaving work and it was very very windy out uh anyone listening in toronto will know the bloor street bike lanes are controversial in mm-hmm. how they have been laid out and a lot of drivers are not so respectful of those bike lanes despite the fact that there are at various times different sort of bollards and stanchions and posts mm-hmm. and whatever anyway on this particularly very windy night i was biking and there was one of the posts had been knocked down and was covering Ooh. about 70 percent of the lane and in avoiding that knocked over post, I managed to go over a manhole cover. And as I said, it was windy and it's cold out. So it was a little icy and oh. my wheel grabbed the manhole cover in a weird way. And uh, I overcorrected and then sort of had a choice between rolling into traffic or aiming directly at a no parking sign. So I managed to slam straight into a no parking sign. It caught me on my right side. So I have a bruise that goes from my collarbone to my hip. Uh, I didn't break my collarbone, which is super fortunate, but Mm -hmm. breathing has been a real issue for me for the last few days. Moving around is not so great. Mm -hmm. It's also the sort of thing where I've broken ribs before, but usually they were lower down. Uh, This is the first time I've broken a rib that's up this high. Uh, And and, uh, also the first time I've broken a rib in probably 15 years. So let me tell you, rib injuries feel a lot different at 40 than they did at 25. For sure. And I mean, having trouble breathing is always a good look during a pandemic. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so first two days, I was like, I'm going to tough it out, whatever, go do things, take care of whatever I have to do. And then yesterday, by about 10pm, I was like, yeah, I'm done. I, I can't do anything. So I've been horizontal for 
about 24 hours. And now I am upright so that I can project properly to do episode 49 of Last Believer. Oh, well, thank you for that. That's your, I, I don't want to call you a hero for doing that. <laughs> but also, if you, if you want to lie down, I'm sure it would be fine. <laughs> there is there is nothing heroic about a podcast. Let's be serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're the hero we deserve, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, should we do song one? <laughs> sure, sure. All right, song one is up to you. It's the seventh song in on My Republic. This is Sean, Luke, Chuck, and Russ. How's your yeah. My Republic digging going? Have you taken the time to listen to this album beginning to end yet? No, I'm going to wait till we finish all the songs. Right. And I know, I think I said on a previous episode that I was going to kibosh that. Wait. Yeah, I can say that word. Okay. I, that I was going to just uh, ixnay that or fucking shit. I don't know. I was going to scratch fine. that. I was going to scratch that rule and I was going to uh, give it a listen. But uh, no, I'm back on my bullshit of being like, you know what? Let's... Uh, Let's let's get them all in because I think those first impressions are pretty good. But then at the same time, there's stuff that I've noticed that the the way that some of the stuff is flowing, especially once Bill started producing, that there's like a rhyme and reason to the track listing and stuff too. So mm-hmm, yeah, so I'll definitely have to take that in. But with up to you specifically, this is a jam. Like this is a, a pretty solid jam. I read the lyrics first on this one, similar to what I did a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it's pretty much what I would have envisioned the song to sound like. It's just like it hit that mark. And oddly enough, I would have maybe anticipated this to sound more like uh, earlier Good Riddance, um, like just earlier in their career, the way that the, the songwriting was. Um, mm. But it's like really poppy and skateboard video-y. Does that, does that make sense? You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, Sure. Like, yeah, like it's still like a jam. It's still like a, a solid punk song, but like it still has like pop flavor that you could easily see marketable. And like it's a really fun, fast one. And it does have that hardcore flavor sprinkled in on it, too. You have like Chuck's chunky bass and the call and response vocals. Um, I maybe would have liked a more defined gang vocals um, mm-hmm. just because that's like the hardcore kid that I am. And from when when this came out. But at the same time, because the song has kind of that poppy tinge to it, not so much like the uh, defend pop punk <laughs> poppy tinge, um, yeah. but like the, the melodic call and response like fits in quite nicely. Like it really works. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but just I like a big choir-esque gang vocal, you know, it's uh, yeah. But uh, I feel like if we had done this song a few weeks back, um, I think mentally, uh, maybe it was in a darker space. Uh, and I would have like been pretty pessimistic or kind of glare over the very positive and hopeful message that the song delivers and just kind of focus on kind of like the, the bummerisms. But yeah, no, this one, you know, it's very hopeful. Um, it's your life. It's up to you. You know, discussing, looking for answers and absolutes, you know, looking for someone to try and tell you how to live uh, or trying to follow in footsteps or shadows of other people. It's your life. It's up to you. Like that kind of song and message would have hit me like a ton of bricks um, when I was like a confused teenager. So like as a grown ass adult, when uh, this record came out, sorry, fuck, Whew. that roti just hit me again. Sorry, Whew. I was a grown ass adult when this record came out, but I'm sure that someone somewhere picked it up who was able to hear this and kind of adopt this as their anthem of like nonconformity and just kind of something to believe in. And uh, yeah, tip of the old hat 
before that, Goody Boys. Oh, the Goody Boys comes back. That's great. That, that, that's, you know, that wasn't that wasn't even the notes. That just slipped out. You uh, you brought it up, and I'm kind of surprised that we haven't talked about it at all. But like somehow, the phrase "defend pop punk" existed mm. and disappeared, like without me ever knowing it really happened until people were making fun of it. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think it's funny because honestly, it's all the pop punk. Everyone that is associated with that is all the pop punk bands that I honestly don't care about. Or even when I try to give them a, a chance, I'm just like, yeah, not catching with me. That's totally uh, fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. And, and it's like, like, there's there's a few. I mean, I guess I like Dear Landlord. They were pretty fun. I wouldn't uh, consider them to be part of that movement. Though. Okay, see, this is, this is what I mean. It's like defend yeah, pop yeah. punk totally escapes me. To me... And if anyone wants to correct me, because I am older, and I think maybe when it became on my radar, it was a little passe, if you will. It's like your um, your newfound glories, your um, oh, that caliber of pop punk, like your um, the Wonder Years, um, modern baseball. Strong. Modern baseball, I think, might be like borderline, but I always take sure. it as like really poppy bands that have like chug of parts and gang vocals. Right. Sure. Okay. So I don't need to do too much digging then. Great. Cool. No, it's not your thing. Like, you. I, 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 like, I really enjoy like some of the good stuff in that genre, but right. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It, the song up to you, the thing on this show where we talk about how a lot of good Rince's song structures are unique in a few different ways, you know, whether that means it's a song with a, like distinct parts like rise and fall or made to be broken where the beginning of the song is way different from the end of the song or whether it's a song that has the end of the song in the spot where you would usually expect a bridge to sit, you know, like in Cheyenne or in Boxing Day. The thing with talking about all these songs and their unconventional structures is that when we come to a song like Up To You, it's cool to see the band play, yeah, like a, a you know, a mid-90s, you know, melodic hardcore H2O Civ sounding kind of song. Mm -hmm. uh, like up to you and see that they can just play it posi vibes you know uh catchy hardcore song that is just as good even when it lives in a more predictable sort of space as far as how the song's written mm -hmm. you know there's still surprises in the song though like the, the way the verses are built with the ab rhyme scheme over just bass and drums and then the guitar is palm muted and it opens up at the same time that the drums and bass open up as well like like you were mentioning the call and response vocal in the verse, give a nice sort of surprise and keep building, you know, like up to you. It sounds a little sparse until that point. And then after those chanted backups, uh, as I mentioned, all the instruments open up and build together into an awesome, super tight chant along chorus. And I feel like they, they've built it out so that it just like grows and grows and grows and grows. And then it drops out. And then the second verse you know, essentially repeats itself, at least musically. Mm -hmm. uh, then we get a bridge that is just like full on actual bridge, sweet two step, you know, part where everyone's going to be piling up and grabbing for microphones and whatnot. You know, it's like perfect for all the Dickies and cargo short wearing faithfuls. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and it winds up on a final chant along chorus. Like, I just think it's cool to know that Good Riddance if they wanted to, could have made an entire career out of much simpler songs than they have. And hearing this song sort of lends credence to that idea. Uh, I know we're talking about Weight of the World in a minute too, but having both these songs, talking about the theme of finding that light inside yourself, I swear 
we've done this so well and not planning songs that we talk about with similar themes in the same. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in up to you, those back and forth vocals sort of serve not only the purpose of sounding cool, but also advancing a sort of story in the song about someone standing fast in what they believe in and sort of answering themselves. Like uh, that's like a very well written, but also catchy kind of go fuck yourself. Yeah. And the way that, you know, it just so happens that these songs that we pick randomly, that they have this sort of like kismet connection. What would you call that? I mean, if I was on a different podcast, I'd call it Pod Magic. Different podcast? There's another podcast that says that? Uh, There's several podcasts who say Pod Magic, Dan. So many that it's gotten into your brain. You haven't even realized that it's gotten Uh, into your brain. It's like on Working Moms this week. I am very far behind on that show. Oh, man, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) That's, yeah, my my partner, Mel, is a a big fan. um, And I always be like, I'm going to watch it. And uh, did you know that that's Ivan Reitman's daughter? Yes. Oh, man. I was looking her yeah, up on IMDb definitely. just because that's as I do when I watch stuff because I like to nerd out like that. And I was like, Ivan Reitman's daughter. Whoa. The Reitmans are the Coppolas of Canada. Yeah. Speaking of which, I saw um, Afterlife, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, my God. It's so good. It was so much fun. It so is so much fun. Unbelievable how good new Ghostbusters movie is. So much fun. Yes. Uh, Welcome to Last Believer, a podcast about the Reitmans. No, <laughs> Welcome to Last Believer, a podcast about Ghostbusters. Also, oh, like I know that there's a thousand other Ghostbusters podcasts, but I gotta work. Yeah, gotta work my way into being a guest on one of those. The feeling is definitely there. It's a new morning in America, fresh, vital. The old cynicism is gone. We have faith in our leaders. We're optimistic as to what becomes of it all. It really boils down to our ability to accept. We don't need pessimism, pessimism, pessimism. Anyway, song number two. (laughs) It's a big one. This one is uh, Weight of the World, the first song on side one of A Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion. Classic lineup, Russ, Mm -hmm. Luke, Chuck, and Sean. Ryan Green produced this one, and uh, Luke wrote the music. Dan, you definitely knew this one going into it. I did, I did. And before I get really into it, just catching my breath for some reason, I just ran in my small apartment. (laughs) And now I'm like, (laughs) uh, okay. So after after we had uh, picked these songs, um, after we got off the, uh, the line with, uh, with Ben last week, I think it was maybe later that night, or maybe when you were uh, letting me know that the, um, the edit was done, you had texted me, letting me know that this was going to be a big week. You were not joking at yeah. all. Like, not only was doing Mother Superior last week a pretty big one, Weight of the World is also burnt into my brain as like a classic from this catalog that was, it's been in there since the late nineties. And like, it's just always been one of those songs that I, uh, that make me think of this band. Like if someone were to be like first, like 10 songs that you think of when you hear about good riddance, Weight of the World probably would have been one of them. Holy jeez, getting old. Okay. Uh, (laughs) This song was like a hundred 
thousand percent on at least one of the mixtapes that I would make from the uh, the Quello show, that uh, college radio show that I was obsessed with. Mm-hmm. But later rebranded to uh, Punk World Order, that I would later go on to have a uh, co-host and with the illustrious Tony Barnes, who needs to stop ducking my uh, my invites to come on the pod because I want to at least corroborate some of this stuff, so you guys don't think that I'm just. Uh, stringing lies along here i actually was uh, on the radio despite how unprofessional i might see him on the uh, <laughs> on the pod um but uh yeah like I, I think i've said it before like i would when it was the quello show it's like it was on at like 2 to 4 a.m and i would mm-hmm. uh i would set an alarm to just record it and then like make mixtapes out of like the favorite songs and weight of the world definitely is one of them and sonically this song has a whole hell of a lot packed into like two minutes and 10 seconds. There is a lot going on in a very short period of time. Like just from the opening soundbite makes it the perfect lead off to not only to the record, um, but to either side of a mixtape as well. If you're recording stuff off the radio to make mixtapes. And I still get so stoked when I hear that opening soundbite and just like the, we don't need pessimism, pessimism pessimism and then you get that little tiny bit of feedback and it gets into like sean and chuck just setting the tone with like the rhythm section assault before luke pops in with that like spat wreck skate punk riff that was made famous by bands like you know good riddance from songs like this and no use for name and just grabs your attention that then bang pick slide into the full sounding let's fucking go anthem yeah Fuck this song, man. The song's great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to get too much into the lyrics because, you know, it's it's similar-ish to what we were just discussing. I'm not going to get too deep into the soundbite because I know that's your bread and butter. This is just a fucking full hit of a song. Fuck this song on the top 10 for sure. Only bad thing I could say about the song is I wish it was like a touch longer. It could have went in for like another round but then it also it's like leave them wanting more it's just like yeah. bang boom done fantastic job yeah, for sure it's funny that you say longer i'll address that in a second but my bread and butter so in 1984 <laughs> in 1984 president ronald reagan the worst president ran these ads as he was ramping up his uh re-election campaign there was this really really like especially in retrospect creepy commercial about how it was morning again in america more people have jobs, blah, 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 blah. Forget that a lot of those jobs were building weapons for the Mujahideen, whatever. And in 1988, director John Carpenter used those really, really creepy videos as part of the inspiration for parts of his new film. And that film is based on a short story called Eight O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson. Dan, you want to take a guess at what that movie was? Uh, the movie is They Live. They Live. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> The movie is They Live, which is where the way to the world uh, sound clip starts. So it's also where Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion starts. And it's one of Good Riddance's like giant leaps as a band using a satiric version of a Reagan propaganda ad to introduce an album of ideas about modern rebellion is a lot more subtle than most punk fans would have been, especially in 1996. Yeah, I didn't I like I didn't pick up on that until you just said it. And I was like, that's fucking genius. Why did I not think of that earlier? Yeah, real, real good. Uh, real good. Fuck this song. Um, that squelch of feedback, as you mentioned, 
as if the announcement of this old cynicism being gone wasn't enough to grab your attention. That squelch, dude. That fucking squelch. And then the floor tom bass guitar before, you know, the Luke just like flies in on guitar with a chord progression and it all crashes and crunches together like a lightning striking a tank as it's smashing through a three foot thick brick wall. And then including that sound clip, we're a full minute into Way to the World and the album Comprehensive Guide before we have any vocals at all, Mm -hmm. which I think, again, doesn't happen in 1996, really. And when Russ comes in, he sounds almost like restrained, but passionate. So Way to the World has this disparate sonic temperature that they hinted at on Forgotten Country, but then they knock it out of the fucking park. And again, we're less than a minute and 30 seconds into the new album. The second verse with no chorus in between, at least no vocal chorus, is delivered a little more intensely and a lot louder, really. All the while, Sean Sellers, who at this point was like, you know, Dick Fingers, quote, the new guy, is playing a punk beat that at the time, or, you know, if you don't know anything about drums, really just sounds like no effects or lag wagon or no use for a name. But there's something about Sean's timing that lends to like a darker, somber tone that Way to the World has. Like the, his, his kick pedals, like his double kick between snare beats is different. And I don't know enough about music to talk about it, but the timing is a little different. And then the lyrics in this feel like they're either so deep, I can't ever grasp them, or maybe they're super simple. And it seems like it is just about recognizing when someone is being crushed by the weight of the world and needs help, you know, they need encouragement to keep rolling, whatever that encouragement might be. Also, Last week with Mother Superior, uh, we had, you know, the encore song as far as live sets are concerned. Whereas this week we have a song that usually fits into the first like three to four songs of a set. Uh, And, you know, like if not the first, I feel like I've seen them open with this song dozens of times. It really just like ramps everybody up, like everyone in the room. This is the song that you pay attention to. But Mm -hmm. something something that you were saying about maybe if it was longer is that when they do play the song live, especially if it's like the first song or very early in the set, it is just the drums and bass for a while before the guitar comes in and before the vocals come in. So mm-hmm. like they do stretch it out. It has been stretched out. If you listen to the live album, the uh, Remain in Memory, it kind of goes through one more beat, but it's also four or five songs into the set at that point. So they kind of just blast through it on that one. But I've definitely seen them live where they do stretch the song out a little bit. Interesting. Interesting. I'll have to listen to that too. Uh, two points from what you were talking um, when you were saying you didn't want to discount or discredit Sean by talking about like the uh, generic skate punk beat. Yeah. Um, not, not, I didn't want to say that the word generic as I'm sure everyone heard, but I was like, I can't think of a better term. Um, at the same time, me kind of, you know, I also don't want to discount or discredit Luke with that riff um, mm. by also saying it's like, oh, made famous by bands like Good Riddance on the song and like No Use for a Name. But like, it's just so good. That little melodic, like, nah, 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 nah. and he's killer at that. Like those melodic lifts, uh, riffs. So like, and, yeah, I just, when you said you didn't want to discredit it, I just want to double down and be like, anytime I compare them to another band, I'm not saying they're ripping them off. That's a big thing. Uh, the other thing was, uh, the kind of encouragement thing that you pulled from the lyrics as well. When I was reading the lyric, I think you hit the nail on the head too. It's so simple, but also so deep that it's not super clear. And 
encouragement is kind of what I was pulling from it too, but also more specifically being like, you're not alone. Come to this punk scene. Join this island of misfit toys. You know, like just yeah. kind of like an kind of like an ode to the punk scene. Being like, you're not. You know, you don't have to do everything that society is telling you to do. We have cool ideas too. Yeah. Oh, that's that the actually sounds on. like a recruitment. So I like it. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, that's whatever. Uh, the light yeah, I know yeah. will illuminate your heart. Like that. But yeah, uh, I I very much enjoyed coming back to another baby. I Don't Care from Santa Cruz Hardcore, and it features a lineup that might be Russ, Rob Land, Luke Pavish, Rich McDermott, John Burnett, and or Andrew Jackson. Um, again, sketchy uh, sketchy record keeping here, and I don't have it in me to text Russ to bug him about this anymore. Dan, how did you feel about the song I Don't Care? Okay, okay, okay. Um, another demo song. I did start with a little bit of optimism since it is on the Santa Cruz hardcore demo, which has a photo of the members looking like fucking cool as shit. And I think maybe because it's a demo song, the fans out there might be just thinking, I'm just going to be like, just like the song title. I don't care. Um, But we'll get to that. Uh, (laughs) uh, But for those keeping track at home or whatever, I don't care is track four on the demo. So if you're finding it on the old YouTubes, it starts at a minute, or no, it's not a minute, 11 minutes and 25 seconds into the tape. So yeah, the three previous songs are almost oh, yeah, right. 12 minutes uh, <laughs> total. So that being said, this song is pretty fucking cool. This song is pretty fucking cool. Unlike some of the other demo songs, this is so snotty in the way that the guitar is played and the way that he's delivering yeah. his vocals. Uh, yeah. It's a really good 80s hardcore punk feel to it. This is totally something I would listen today. Like, cause I find myself going back and listening to older stuff more and more um, as like my day to day, like classic punk and hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is, this is totally something had it been like on a record that was maybe a little bit better produced is something that I would totally have in that rotation. Uh, yeah, it's dated and it's corny. And I mean that in the best way possible. You know, it's like your lyrics, like blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. It's so straightforward. And it's just so fucking capital P punk. Like yeah. it is just like, just so snotty. And yeah, it's, it's looking great. I wasn't able to find lyrics to this one. That's fine by me. I was just banging my head long saying to the, I don't cares it's you know it's hopefully they're not saying anything sketchy but knowing the goody boys there's nothing sketchy going on um and unlike preceding tracks in this demo this one clocks in at a touch over two minutes this is like a diamond in the rough of punk and hardcore demos this was a pleasant surprise considering it was a demo track and uh yeah this one's fucking fun as shit it's good i like it yeah uh i am i'm with you on all of it like you were saying, this song rocks and it is definitely capital P punk. Uh, the guitar tone is absolutely perfect. 
mm-hmm. all these things that you just said. Totally agree. Uh, the start of the verse is kind of a cool show that they were interested in trying something new. You know, that drum beat isn't exactly what you might expect. And to be honest, it actually kind of reminds me of uh, like the first few Black Flag records where, you know, the drum parts kept Robo or whoever it was playing at the time busy. You know, it's almost never kick snare on the two and four with Black Flag and Good Riddance in 1990 on this song, I Don't Care, which also is a Black Flag song. Uh, they, they sound like they were trying to sound punk, but not predictable. And I think that's pretty cool. Then the chorus is all fast and thrashy with some oohs and ahs. And this, this is something that so many bands have done and I almost forgot about it. But at the end of the chorus, and this is the show that it's a demo for sure. At the end of the chorus, the band just kind of like stops playing. They let the last note ring out and then they start the verse again. There is no transitional part uh, to connect the chorus to the verse. It's just straight back to the other part of the song, which screams demo to me. And it's something Mm -hmm. that I feel like I've heard a thousand times and never really clocked until listening to this song this week, where it's just like, oh, yeah, that's the difference between writing a riff and writing a song. I see. The part where 21-year-old Russ, whose voice at this point hasn't fully developed into what we're used to hearing, Mm -hmm. but when he asks, what are you laughing at? It sounds legit scary, and I don't want anything to do with whoever asked that, and I'm definitely not laughing at them. I really liked that part, and I thought it was very fun and funny. Um, And then hearing you just bring it up right now, it just reminded me of like, what do we know about partying or anything else? You know, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The lyrics again, written more than 30 years ago. And even though we know that Russ's heart is always in the right place, these lyrics are, you know, clumsy, but also super capital P punk. So this was on the Santa Cruz hardcore tape, which came out in 1990 and good riddance have been around for a few years and were like sort of in and out and firming up lineups or whatever. But by 1993, when Loaded for Bear comes out, Dan, do you think the kids in and around Santa Cruz were mad that the band had shifted from songs that sound like I Don't Care into songs that sound like, you know, uh, Just for Today or Not So Bad? And also, some of you are listening to this podcast, and uh, if you haven't reached out yet, but you've been listening to this podcast all along, and you have a copy of the State of Grace tape, State of Grace was the other band that Russ and Luke were in. I would love to hear that also as a comparison to the Santa Cruz hardcore tape or the Loaded for Bear tape. Anyway, do you think there were people who like in 1992 or whatever, when Good Riddance started writing like actual songs, uh, better songs anyway, would stand and be like posers? Yes. Justifiably, no. Would I have been one of them because I was a child? Yes. That being said, this song fits more with a uh, not so bad, more so than like bullet in board. You yeah, know what sure. I mean? Like it's uh, it, it's not like a far departure because uh, it's still like a fast sing-alongy hardcore punk song, but they lost the snottiness though. They definitely lost the snottiness. It's, it's, I find, I think I've referred to definitely not the music, but Russ's vocals as snotty maybe once or twice before mm-hmm. um and i love a good snotty punk band um and if that term is kind of flying over anyone's head i mean just think of the the buzzcocks and like the dead boys 
like mm-hmm. just if, if any if anyone is not sure what i mean when i'm saying it sounds snotty as much as i wish they would have kind of wrote more stuff like this like the thing is does it need to be good riddance that writes more songs like this when there are always going to be dozens if not hundreds of bands writing songs that sound like this yeah exactly i don't i don't need good riddance to write a song like this because i can lose my shit over good riddance doing weight of the world and i can go listen to the fucking dead boys you know like yeah yeah for sure uh did you get any listener questions this week or is there anything else that you thought of this week you wanted to talk about that is a good question um i did kind of forget it was tuesday this morning so i did not solicit for (laughs) questions part of that though mm, i i did want to uh just kind of add on a couple weeks ago you had asked me about merch stuff and i couldn't think of anything Mm. and then i texted you shortly thereafter to tell me Er the best answer like way better than a knife or a scarf what was your answer dan so i uh, was lucky enough to see the movie life many times and uh, most recently they had small amounts of sets of dice that they had made um and this there was a five set of dice for playing threes great game and the um i think it was the one on the uh, the dice was like their bumblebee logo it was expensive for dice but i was like i play dice all the time so uh i love the movie life this makes sense that was one. Was there another one I told you? No, it was that one. The movie. No, dice. just the dice. Dice. Who That's makes a really good dice one. for band merch? I mean, obviously the movie life, but. Yeah. 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 Band, bands who like playing CeeLo, I guess, or threes. Threes is a great game. If anybody wants to learn how to play threes, hit me up. I will ruin your life with that shit. That said, you don't have to play for money, but it's very fun. I wanted you to explain yourself on microphone. Oh, boy about uh, a meme that we uh, discussed. There is a uh, a pop punk account that posted a meme with uh, our beloved Milo, or at least my beloved Milo, um, saying that uh, the descendants are the Weezer of punk. And I took exception to that. And I sent it to Josh and Josh was like, not wrong though. I don't know, what do you want me to tell you, man? I don't know, like is, uh, uh, okay so case, okay so so okay so the descendants <laughs> the descendants are like weird like rock prog nerds that get into punk and in getting into punk end up writing a bunch of songs about primarily you know girls and feeling like a loner uh while wearing horn rim glass or thick rim glasses and uh you know not dressing like punks of the time necessarily you know there's no leather jackets there's no whatever sure and then and then, you know, 10 years later, 12 years later, whatever, you've got Weezer who are for all, like all accounts, actual metal dudes who loved Van Halen and Rat and stuff. But then grunge happens. And so a couple of years after grunge happens, you've got Weezer that shows up with the same glasses. And instead of wearing oversized, holy flannel and sweaters, they're wearing like properly put together sweaters and button up shirts that are actually done up. And instead of wearing like jeans or, or like coveralls that are sort of falling off them, they're wearing pants that actually fit. And, you know, they're still wearing skate shoes, but, you know, they're kind of better put together and not falling apart stuff. And so I see besides like obviously musically, whatever, no, but as far as the realm that both bands hold in their respective canons of rock, there's definitely a lot of parallels between the Descendants and Weezer. And then we can get into the whole like complaining that girls don't like you and you don't want them to leave the house and 
you know, uh, even to the point of fetishizing Asian women. Uh, this is something that oh, you both these fans have in common. Oh, that was a, I'm that, just saying. That was no, that was a good card. You, yeah, you pulled down yeah, shit. I'm just saying, Weezer and Descendants have a lot more in common than you seem to think they do. And I don't know a whole lot about Weezer or the Descendants, like compared to bands that I do know things about. But the things that I do know about them, there's a lot of similarities. I think the reason why I take exception is one the the timing between the two, and that one clearly influence the other in one way sure um i don't know Fashion it just seems it, it's it just seems so reductive to be like uh descendants are just the weezer of punk and it's like whoa 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 yeah but it's also Desc- on some descendants joke, like it's also on some, some joke punk account like, well cares? this is this is why that's why we have the conversation jokingly and honestly it's i i want to you know keep being fake mad about it but you huh. pulling the uh <laughs> the fetishizing asian women and just like yeah like kabuki girl and uh uh across the sea is that what it's called it's no it's the other one pinkerton god damn no el scorcho oh, yeah yeah, el yeah, sure. yeah you, you know what i can't really argue with that <laughs> so uh i i will stay indifferent i suppose uh-huh stay Fuck. indifferent that's I gonna be that's the last believer t-shirt last believer podcast stay indifferent indifferent. that's not a bad idea actually it's a terrible t-shirt come on i i take that back uh something says stay indifferent is definitely borderline problematic is with everything going on just don't turn a blind eye don't turn a blind eye to shitty politics yeah speak your truth uh live your truth uh you want to pick some songs yeah pick some songs all right song number one sorry i was far from the mic song number one from forgotten country i think you were kind of alluding to the song just by the title of it man of god Mm -hmm. is that the one you were alluding to when i was talking about thinking they were maybe an atheist band or something it was definitely my favorite song for a while when this album first came out just like every song on forgotten country got it Ooh, we have a thoughts and prayers no king but caesar and what's our third song uh, I'll tell you as soon as I finish writing this down. <laughs> and the third song. Oh, this could be fun. Um, from Symptoms, we're going to do the Psychedelic First cover, In My Head. Amazing. I don't think I know that song. I mean, we'll talk all about it next week, but yes. Well, it's I'll hear surpri- it in like it 10 is, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is one of the more surprising covers that Good Riddance would choose to do. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That sounds like fun. These are all these are all new songs. As as much as I like pulling the uh, the bangers, I know I do like discovering new stuff. Yeah, discovering new things with Dan. Dan, if people want to tell you about other new things that you should be looking into, or argue about how Weezer and the Descendants have nothing in common, how do they do that? It, you know what? If, if you weren't gonna put that little tag on there, I was gonna add it on there to be like, let me know what you think about <laughs> Weezer and the Descendants being uh, compared to almost being one in the same anyways uh jump on instagram um follow us at last believer pod slide into those dms uh like some posts send us send us stuff that makes uh, you think of us yeah 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 that makes sense i, I was like yeah as this is coming out yeah you know if you, you're on your favorite meme page and you're like oh the boys have talked about this i love those bozos and just flip us something over that's fun too um or if you have like an essay that you wrote 
about the similarities between the descendants and uh, Weezer that you want to share with us, or just any general questions or concerns, shoot us an email at lastbeliverpod at gmail.com. Uh, also, Dan, you've worked on a couple extra playlists, right? Yes. So from when we did the Sour Grapes episode, I had mentioned that if people didn't know all that I would uh, just try and put together like a quick little playlist. Um, similarly with the Descendants, just like 10 songs that I was like, ah, you, if you're going to be into this band, these are 10 songs that you hear. Not necessarily my favorite or the best, but just like really representative of what the band is. And then uh, I had a couple of beers and I did a Lifetime one too, because I don't shut the fuck up about Lifetime. <laughs> I, haven't, um, I, ha- I haven't made them... Uh, public on the last believer account on spotify yet but uh by the time you hear this they will be public there we go dan thank you for uh putting in that extra work this week and for hanging out like you do every week next week we'll be back to talk about man of god no king but caesar and what do we say in my head yeah that's next week thanks to good riddance thanks to fat records uh for letting us keep doing this and thanks to you for hanging out and listening uh we'll see you next week Thanks to you for toughing it out with those bruised or potentially broken ribs. Oh man, it's worse. See them on the streets are all the same. I don't care. See them on the streets are all pain. I don't care. The economy's stopping in my world. I don't care. They can never see my fucking world. Ring it up and see that front of school. Excuse me. I uh, sure. drank that beer real fast, so I'm just gonna re up my beverage real fast, and I'll come back and slam this slam this weight of the world real quick. Okay. I drank it too quick. I'm sorry.